worshiping this morning. I'm kind of in a mood today. Just Kristen's gone. She's at a conference right now in Des Moines, Iowa, and I've been by myself, so I haven't had a whole lot of people to talk to. Um, so you get all my words. <laughs> so happy about that. Well, last week we had just a, a powerful move of the Holy Spirit here last week. I had multiple messages this last week from random people um, saying that they watched it online or they heard about it from a friend or whatever the case is. And, and uh, if you weren't here last week, um, this may not make a whole lot of sense to you, but we just had a moment, you know, where um, I believe that heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit just came and just poured out upon all of his people. And, um, that might not be your thing, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be your thing. Uh, but it's definitely heaven's thing. And, and he loves to do that, okay? He loves to do that. So um, um, let me give a little, just quick little brief history here because this is going to lead right in into what I'm talking about here. Uh, the Bible, um, you know, talks in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verses 27 through 28. I reference this a lot when little things like that happen. We've had multiple moments within our church. There was one time, and uh, if you don't like supernatural stories, if you think it's weird, just close your ears, it's okay. But for those of you who want faith, okay, if, if you need to grow in your faith, that's awesome. There was one service here where we actually heard angels singing. Um, I don't know if you guys were here or not for that, because uh, her church has definitely had a turnover since then. This is back in 2018. Um, but right over here in the corner, we heard other voices right up in the corner there. Um, it wasn't like a bird or <laughs> nothing like that. Um, um, it was weird. And then, and then just across the, the congregation that, that day, um, laughter began to break out. And uh, just, just little moments and little things like this is not, we don't chase those. The Bible says that those things follow us because we believe, for those who believe. Um, but I tell you what, it's really awesome when we recognize the presence of Jesus and he turns around and recognizes us. Amen? <laughs> it's really good. It, 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 it affirms our faith. It, it grows it. It builds it. It helps deepen it and strengthen it. And um, so we had some moments here where we had a tongue and interpretation. Um, that's very biblical. Again, you can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, many of you might not know um, our denomination, okay? Um, our denomination is we are assemblies of God, okay? Who, who didn't know that? Let me, who did? Everybody knew that? Wow, you guys are awesome. Okay, so our, our denomination that we uh, umbrella under is, is, is the Assemblies of God. Now, the Assemblies of God has taken a lot of twists and turns throughout the years where it first began. But how the Assemblies of God, like a lot of other denominations began, was on Azusa Street Revival. Does anybody, does that name ring, ring a bell to you? Azusa Street Revival. So I'm going to read a little bit about how our movement was birthed, okay? And then I... I, I, I uh, I asked a few people, they would share some testimonies, and I just want to open the floor a little bit um, here this morning. If God did something to you, not back in 1972 where, you know, you were, you know, no, last week, okay? If you were here last week and God just did something to you, like something was stirred in your heart, I'm going to ask that, 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 that you get ready and prepare yourself to, uh, to share that testimony. But um, the Azusa Street Revival on the night of April 9th, 1906, William Seymour, Seymour, okay, and uh, he was a uh, one-eyed, he was blind in one eye, he was a black gentleman, and back in those days, you know, things just didn't mix, you know how that goes. He used to preach inside of a box. I'd have to get a pretty big box to do that, but 
he, <laughs> he would preach inside of a box and uh, underneath it, and uh, he would just allow the Holy Spirit just to do his work. So in 1906, Seymour and seven men were waiting on God on Bonnie Bray Street when suddenly, as though hit by a bolt of lightning, they were knocked from their chairs to the floor. And the seven men began to speak in tongues and shout out loud, praising God. The news quickly spread and the city was stirred. Crowds gathered. Services were moved outside to accommodate the crowds who came from all around. People fell down as they approached and attributed it to God. You guys remember the term holy roller? You guys remember that term? This is where it started. Um, because, because literally they'd be under the presence and the power of God so much that they would, it'd, it'd be over for the evening. The guy would have to stand, William Seymour would have to say, okay, it's time to go home, right? And uh, people would be rolling outside in the parking lot. Because it was, they were just, they didn't know how to respond because it was just so, the presence of God was so, so strong in the meeting that night. And that's where they coined the phrase, holy rollers. You can look it up. It's all over in the papers back in those days when they wrote about it. <clears throat> People fell down as they approached, and they attributed it to God. Moving on. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the sick were said to be healed. And some people um, may say, and let me just preface this by what I'm going to say by this. I believe that there is capital C, big church, amen? Amen. There doesn't have to be separations of denominations. Um, there doesn't have to be, you know, those kinds of things. I think, I think when it comes to denominational lines, I think God, I think God had a hand in that for certain, for certain areas because if it wasn't that important, he wouldn't say God gave some to apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. There's some denominations who play a part in the kingdom and the movement of God. But where kind of things went wrong is, is we got our hands on it, you know. We got our hands on it, and we wanted to control it, and we wanted to, to do this because almost, almost every denomination that you can think of was birthed out of this movement right here. Every single, every single denomination was birthed out of this movement. If not, there's Methodist. That's a whole other thing. There's Luther and Martin Luther. We know those kinds of things. But it all happened because of a move of the Holy Spirit. And what I, what I see God doing is that he's moving again amongst capital C church. And this time, there's not going to be denominational lines. It's going to be the bride of Christ. It's going to be the bride of Christ. So I've asked Jonathan to share a testimony. Come on up, Jonathan. Come on, man. You act like you've never been in front of a microphone. You've been up here. Here, I'll turn it on for you. There's no awkwardness. Here, go back. <laughs> I'll mess with you. Share a little bit. Come on. Share a little bit about. <laughs> share a little bit about what happened to you last week. So <laughs> I haven't shared this publicly, just with a few people. Um, but I feel like if I just share it and not give just a little bit of a back, it won't really make as much sense. So I just want to share just briefly that... Um, I had a crazy week before last Sunday, super busy, not feeling like I've had like precious time with the Lord, um, but something that's been on my heart and my mind and in my prayers, probably for over 
over a month, um, really consistently has been that, God, I really want to know what it means to be in awe of you, what it means to fear the Lord. I want to experience I want to experience God in, in a close way that, that is unique to me, that would matter to me, impact me. And I'd been preparing in prayer and in preparing songs for worship and, and for a few weeks before last Sunday. And I woke up on Sunday morning extremely sick. <laughs> and... I was just thinking, like, oh, man, okay, let's try to work through it, try to work through it. Uh, went to go take a shower, and, and I just said, you know what, Satan? Like, I'm, I am going to go worship God. I don't care. I don't care how I feel right now. I'm not going to be robbed by you. I'm not going to be robbed. I'm going to worship God, period. I don't care how I feel. So I came into practice last Sunday, and we started practice. We started to worship God just as a team, and immediately I stopped feeling sick. Um, yeah. What I didn't expect <laughs> was during worship, I just put, like I normally do, I just, I just put my attention on, on him. I put my affection toward him. And what I didn't expect was I didn't expect that I would hear above my head a crack of thunder. And it, I've never been hit by lightning, but I've been electrocuted because I used to do electric, electrical work. And, and it felt like I got struck by lightning. I just, like a surge of power and energy and filled with love and compassion and joy. We were crying out. I don't know if you remember, but we were crying out to God to be filled with joy. For us to know what it means to be filled with joy. And so just as we continued to worship God, I just began to cry. But I wasn't sad. I just felt touched by God. Felt like he responded to my prayers that I was captured by him. And I didn't really know how to explain how I felt, but for those of you that know me, um, before I was a believer, I was an, ac um, an alcoholic and a drug addict for over 10 years. And so the best way for me to explain how I felt in my body was that I was drunk um, that I was, like, just filled with just a movement in my heart and my mind that even though I had control in my mind, unlike when I was on drugs and alcohol, I had just this sense of peace and enjoyment, and I didn't even care, like, that we were together. I, I couldn't even, like, when Pastor came up to start his message, I couldn't even just sit still. Like, I, I had to go out. I had to go out just so I could keep moving and keep praying, and like I couldn't stop. Um, just my, I felt even afterwards. My wife, <laughs> she was like, "What? What 
are you, what's going on, you know? <laughs> and I said, I, I feel high. Like, I feel, I feel, I feel stoned. Like, we were at high V. It's just weird. Like, I, 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 it's odd sharing this, but we were sitting at high V eating lunch with my parents, and I was just giving testimony to them what happened during service, and, and I'm just sitting there just, like, basking in joy. I don't care that I'm in the middle of high V. I don't care that there's people around. I'm just like, all of a sudden, I caught myself like sharing loudly with my parents. Like, people are turning around. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just like God is so good. He's so good that that we just fix our attention on Him and we fi fix our affection on Him because He's worth. Everything that we have, he gave Come it on, up let's, for us. Let's take a moment to do that. Come on, what, lead us in that. Lord, we just give you a praise, God. Come on. We just give you our Come on, attention. let's do that right now. Lord, we just give you our affection. We thank you for delivering us, Lord. We thank you for capturing us, God. Even though we still face sin, we still face this world, that you are with us. You are our king. You are our God. Lord, we love you, God. We love you. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, I just think Holy Spirit wants to do something this morning. Amen. Don't worry for all of you. Bible people, if you don't preach the Bible, we'll get to that, I promise. But, but, let me, we don't have this, we have no life. See, what happens a lot of the times is, is, is two things happen. If you're a believer this morning, there's sometimes that you just kind of get in this mundane rut where you always feel like you've got to strive for God, right, that you got to, being in a relationship with Jesus should be sweatless, <laughs> There's, there's, you're just, either you're in love or you're not. Either he has it or he doesn't. You know? And, and, and I just think what Holy Spirit is doing right now is he just is pricking the hearts of people. Maybe I'm wrong in this, okay? But I, I can sense it. I can feel it. That there is, um. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when, when you get a pin needle and you go, you know, you, you kind of just, uh, it, it doesn't hurt, but it catches your attention. You know, and you go, who? And what's happening right now in the church of America is God is capturing the attention of, again, of his church. Amen? How many of you guys feel just captured. You just feel pricked this morning. God's pricking your heart. He's pricking your heart. Yeah. He's raising up warriors right now in the church. <laughs> and you get to choose if you want to do that. You, the days of playing in church are over. Done. Finished. It's over.
Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is about us being built not to keep hell out, but to go conquer hell out. To, to the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. This is an offensive statement. It's not a defensive statement. We are on the move. We are walking. We are going. And let me read to you something that the Lord laid in my heart. And I want to share with you this word, and then we'll, we'll move on. But God's pricking you this morning. I feel it. I can sense it. I can tell. If you're playing church, what does playing church mean? It means this. Fulfilling religious obligations without transformation. If there's no transformation happening in your life because of you say you're a believer, you say you're a Christian, or whatever the case is, if there's no transformation happening in your life, then it's, it's, a, it's, a, good, it's a good time right now to evaluate and say, does God have my heart? Does he have me? Does he have me? I propose to you this morning that you have to see evidence of God working in your life. Where you would say, I once would have done this, but now I do this. That's evidence. I would have had that thought, but now I have this thought. That's evidence. I used to think this way, but now I think this way. That's evidence of the transformative power of God in your life. And, and, and when you have that, it starts with a little word called repentance. Everyone gets scared of repentance. Charles Finney said this one time. He said, you'll never be in a revival if you don't see Mr. and Mrs. Wet Eyes. We have to have repentance. Repentance simply means to turn from your ways, to have different thinking about your life, about what is going on in your life. A lot of us are so comfortable enough just to give God a little, enough for us to feel good. <laughs> it's like missions trips, which I'm all for missions trips, you know. Our good friend Paul Andrews used to say this all the time. He says, I love, he's like, I, I have a hard time on missions trips because it just, all you do is you go there to make yourself feel better. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Hi, Paul. And we do just enough and we come just enough and we, we participate just enough for us to feel better so that way we can have this kind of crazy thing where we can go to God and just ask, God, I'm doing this, but, but God, it's because I did this over here. And then we come to God and we ask. And then he, like somehow, like somehow these things over here measure up to God's love and God's grace to you. See, when we do things to try to get God's favor, we already lost the battle. Because you have to know is that God loves you, he cares for you, and you're in his favor. Why? Because he died for you Amen. on the cross of Jesus. 
Now it's our responsibility to give ourselves to him fully. Not just our responsibility, but our great honor to lay our lives down before him, to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. Guess what? Is it hard? Absolutely. That's why in this end time church, everyone who says they're a Christian really is not one. I watched this crazy video the other day of some transgender church. Give me a break. That's called apostasy. Quit being apostate. Quit saying you believe in Jesus, the one who transforms, yet refuse to be transformed. Oh, no. Yeah. Here's a prophetic word to the believers this morning, and then I will move on. If you are active in your faith, this is for you. If you're active in your faith, that can be defined as this. If you find yourself in prayer all the time. I'm not talking about just constantly coming to the church and finding that prayer time. I'm talking about living in a life of prayer. You're walking with him. You're talking with him. You're, you're doing those kinds of things. Living in prayer. If the word of God, you love the Bible <laughs> and everything in it. Last week we talked about turning the page. Did anybody do that this week? I know I did. Okay. Let's hashtag turn the page. Read one, one, one page. Turn the next one. Read that one the next day. You can watch a video about that. If you see God moving in your life, and if you want to see God moving in your life, let me encourage you, believer, that it's time to fortify. He's calling the warriors to prepare. To prepare you to get the whole armor of God on yourself. Amen? The whole armor of God on yourself. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. That's what that talks about. Putting on the whole armor of God. Believers, it's time to move from one place to the next. I heard the Lord say it's time to put up or shut up. It's time to flight or fight. The enemy is trying his best to silence the voice of the church. Amen? You know why sometimes he seems successful? is because us as believers don't raise our voice in these times. I'm not talking about coming against political stuff. I didn't give a rip about that. I'm talking about when we come in here and it takes forever for us to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords when there's more excuses than there are praise coming from your lips of why you can't do something. I am battle ready. <laughs> the Bible says this, that greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. There is a spiritual attack against the church of Jesus to silence the movement, to put death the prophetic voices. To put death to prophetic voices. To sow doubt in every believer. To sow doubt in every believer. I said those things a few times and I paused. Here's why. Because the, because the enemy is wanting so much to silence the prophetic voice in our churches. To silence the voice, the voice that cries out in the wilderness like John. The ones that said like Elijah who said, there it is, I can see it. 
right? I could see it. The ones like Elisha, the weird ones too. All the ones, right? The enemy would love to suppress and silence the voice because he's trying to pop his little head out and make himself look bigger than what he really is. Let me tell you, greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. Doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do, but if we allow the enemy to come in and silence us, then we will be silenced and we will have doubt. He's sowing doubt in every believer right now of his return. He's coming back, amen? He's coming back. And he's coming back for a bride who is on fire for him. He's not coming back for some church who just wants to play patty cake, guys. He's coming back for a bride who says, I can't wait to be in the presence of Jesus. Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will rise a standard against them. When the enemy comes in like a flood, politics will raise a standard against it. No, right? My opinion will rise a standard against it. Yeah, this is a group activity here. Our finances will raise a standard against it. No. Our feelings will raise a standard against it. No. Only the spirit of God will raise a standard against the flood of the enemy. That's it. That's it. That's it. If you're not used to the Holy Spirit, get ready because it's about ready to be poured out in a very powerful way. Amen? He is the one who fortifies. He's the one that ignites. He causes reaction and response. He causes revival. The Holy Spirit changes lives. He transforms cities. He impacts lives. He makes transitions happen. He moves us from one from, from becoming a customer to a warrior. It's only him. It's only the Holy Spirit. And I heard the Lord say these three words. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The time is near. The time is now. The church will see its finest hours. If you step into what he's preparing, no more lukewarm Christianity. Amen? No more. Can't have it. Can't do it. There's, 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 there's not enough time for us to, to figure this thing out. No, we got to just say, yes, Lord. Aye, aye, Captain. I'm in. Whatever you want me to do. Whatever you want me to do. Amen? So, moving on in the word real briefly, how do we activate faith for God to do the impossible? I'm continuing in my message series called Act Upon. So today we're going to talk about just real briefly in the next 10, 15 minutes, act, activating faith for the impossible. Activating faith for the impossible. Let me say this, faith always rests on the quiet shoulders of surrender. Let me read that again. Faith always rests on the quiet shoulders of surrender. If we want to see God move in our lives, we have to have a posture of surrender before the Lord. Amen? We've got to remain surrendered to him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This verse has always made me think. It's always made me wonder because I come from a school 
of that God is pleased with you. Amen? But can we do things as the people of God that displeases God? Obviously, yes, right? But sometimes we think that this displeases God when really it's just a lack of faith that displeases God. So what's the definition of faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance. Another, the King James Version says confidence. Now faith is the confidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is confidence and faith is conviction. Faith is confidence and faith is conviction. Of what? Of things that you don't yet see in your personal life and in your walk with God. The Bible says that faith is, I love that because it, it, it defines faith as a verb, not as anything else but action. There's a call to action when you talk about faith. It's not used as past tense. The Bible says faith is a now word. When we have a lack of faith for any area of our lives, that now becomes an invitation for the enemy to come and bring destruction. Here's what that sounds like in our everyday lives when we have lack of faith in our lives, when we don't see God moving and we don't have that faith. Number one, you say things like this, I can't get over my addiction. Well, we know you can't, but we know that he already did. So what do we do? We put our faith in what he's accomplished for us. I can't talk to people about my faith. It's a lie from the enemy. You know, everything about discipleship should always lead to evangelism. Not just for you to get smarter. Sorry, guys. If you just want to get smarter, okay, you've, we, we, we've missed the mark on discipleship. Discipleship always leads to evangelism. Always leads to sharing Jesus with people. We say things like this, I'm just not good enough. When we have a lack of faith, I'll never accomplish this. Or this will never take place in my life. This is never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. No, it's because your faith meter, right, is not consistent with what God says. We just haven't seen it yet, right? And we need to see what we don't see yet so we can trust in that word rather than the reality that's in front of us. Because, the real, because the, what we can't see isn't just a fairy tale. It's actually more real than what's right here. The more you partner with the word of the enemy, the less faith you will have for the impossible to happen in your life. The more you say things like this, it'll never happen, we just can't do it, I'm not good enough, I'm too afraid to share my faith, I'm this, I'm that, whatever, whatever, whatever. What you're doing is you're actually taking upon the words of the enemy over your life. And the more you partner with him, the less you're going to hear God for your own life. <laughs> Romans chapter 10 verse 7 says this, so faith comes from what? Hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. First, faith comes to you. First, faith comes. He comes to you. It's, you don't have to work it up. He's already here speaking. He's already here doing this. Faith is already here and he wants to come to you. That's a good word. Faith comes to you. It comes to you how? How does faith come to you? Well, back to Hebrews 11.6, and I know we blaze right through it, but it says this. He rewards those who seek him. So how does faith come to you? By seeking him. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things shall be added unto you. It's our theme verse for our church. 
right? Seek him first, and all these things shall be added unto you. When we seek him, faith comes. When we learn to be in his presence, faith follows. When we learn to, I've never seen anybody who worships Jesus with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength ever say, I don't know, that looks impossible. I'm convinced that every single believer should have an appetite for the impossibilities in your life. I'm convinced of it. And if you are not living in the impossible realm, then you don't need God. Well, I need him to go to heaven. No, look, 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 listen to me. Yes, I know. Don't misunderstand me. We all need Jesus to get to heaven. Amen? Okay, amen. But what about now? <laughs> what about now? If there's an impossibility in your life, whether that be with your family, whether that be a financial thing, whether that be a building, whether that be a work situation, whatever the case may be, if we trust God, if we seek him, I guarantee it that we're going to see heaven's perspective rather than what we see. When you find your secret place with God, it's not just a place of rest, but that place, that secret place is a place of training and it's a place of equipping, equipping. Equipping for what? Training for what? To hear God. To hear God. This is how this will play out in a believer's life. You're sitting there at the table with your spouse or a friend or whatever. Or maybe to yourself, your own thoughts. And you say things like this. I don't know how we're going to pay for this bill. Then a thought pops in your mind or your spouse says, Let's pray and let's hear God about it. And then he begins to give you an answer. Why? Because you were seeking him first. Matthew 6.33. You sought him first. Okay, you were in his presence. Then he gives you an answer for that. And the answer may be, just wait it out, big guy. It may be that. It may be a strategy. It may be a something. Maybe God's leaning on your heart right now to give a little bit more to kingdom builders, but you haven't done that because you feel like, if I do this, then how's this going to happen? Look, stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about what God wants. Amen? <laughs> I know there's practicalities. Look, I'm a huge believer. I'll make your practical life spiritual and your spiritual life practical. I'm for that. Okay, but, but, but if it doesn't require faith, we missed it. We missed it. Now we have the great opportunity to respond to that word. Because if we heard it, because faith came by hearing of the word of Christ, right? It came to us. Now we should activate that faith for the impossible thing to take place. For the impossibilities to take place. I guarantee you, you'll never be defeated if you respond in faith to the word of the Lord. You'll never be defeated if you respond in faith to the word of the Lord. But you might think to yourself, but what if it doesn't happen? What if nothing happens? Stephen, you can play some music. Again, faith is a verb, like we said. And faith without works is what? Dead. That's in the book of James. You can read it for yourself. Faith without works is dead. So what if nothing happens and I heard God, I responded to that word and nothing's taking place. Let me encourage you this morning. You may be in this place right now where you've prayed, you've asked the Lord, you've been seeking him on this certain situation, 
whatever the case is, and nothing has happened yet, let me encourage you that faith without work is dead. It's dead. Sometimes, as believers, we do need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. We do need to get our nose to the grindstone and just grind it out. Why? Because that's just as much faith as believing for the impossible things. There's not anything differently. When you don't know what to do, you do what you do know that pleases him already. Amen? I hope you're hearing me this morning. If you don't know what to do, the Bible says to just stand, to just be there with him, to do the things that you already know what to do. Guess what? Don't stop praying. <laughs> don't stop worshiping. You may not see your breakthrough yet, but if you worship him and if you pray with breakthrough in mind, I promise you God is going to pull through for you. And I like to throw that word around, promise, guarantee, because that's in the word of God, right? And the Bible says that all of his promises are yes and amen. They are yes and amen. Amen means it is finished, so be it. Do what you already know, pleases the Lord, and see how God meets your faith. Guarantee number two. God doesn't rest on the immobile. We have to be doing something. We don't do this to gain access, but we walk and we move and we do stuff because it pleases him. Because it pleases him. Not to get something from God, but just to simply please him. What a cornerstone value of our church is this, and you'll learn this if you're new to our church, maybe within the last six months or so or three months and you haven't been to Discover, I want to personally invite you to come to our Discover class October 18th. Okay, there will be child care if you have children, so I want to encourage you and I want to invite you to come do that. Okay. You'll learn more about our church and what we believe and those kinds of things. But one cornerstone value of our church is nothing is impossible. It's a cornerstone value of our church. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible, so a huge part of our life is designed around taking risks. Taking risks. And if you've been here at any certain amount of time, well, I think it's awesome that you've been here since you're in your 20s. That is so cool, man. And she's seen over the last nine years how many risks we've taken. When we didn't know if it was going to work out, Ryan can attest to this too. We don't know if it's going to work out, but let me tell you, God rests on the people who are, have faith and move forward and take risks. Amen? So earlier we talked about he gives rewards to those who seek him. Seeking him is simply just when we leave surrendered, when we live surrendered, when we seek him with all our heart. Those rewards that we talked about in Matthew, those rewards, those rewards are dream bigger. Dream bigger. Don't just settle for what's in front of you. Dream bigger. That's a reward that you get for seeking him first and having faith. To see beyond your point of view. To know that when he speaks, here's a reward. 
when you seek him, diligently seek him with your heart. A reward is you know when he speaks, you have confidence in his voice that it is finished. And to be honest with you, some of us just need a word from God. So I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward. And they're going to just kind of go right here in the front. And as we close here today, I'm sorry for keeping you five minutes over. I'm not worried about going to the Viking game. I already know what's going to happen. Man, i got to have faith. <laughs> Spread out, people. Mario, will you go at that prayer tent right over there or prayer banner? These, these uh, ministry team has been praying. They've been, they've been in prayer all week long. They have prayed this morning. And uh, they didn't know I was going to ask them to do this, and I, and I didn't ask them on purpose uh, because I wanted them, because they already live prepared. <laughs> but if you need a word this morning from God, if you feel like you need a prophetic word from the Lord, whether that be a missing piece or maybe you're going through something or, or, or maybe it's a, you need confirmation for something, Maybe, maybe you just, uh, you, you need the Lord for direction. Maybe there's a job coming up or whatever the case may be. We believe in the prophetic voice of God. We believe that God still chatters with us. And we believe that the chatter of God we can still hear. And so these guys, what they're going to do is they're simply going to pray. They're going to just hear the Lord for your situation. And they're going to deliver the package that they feel the Lord has laid on their heart for you. Okay? You can do what you want to do with it. My counsel to you is stick it on the back burner, back in the back, that back shelf you know you cut in your mind. Let that thing stew a little bit and let God unfold it. But if you need an immediate word or something's going on where you just need God just to show up in your life and you just need a word from God, here in just a moment when I pray and say amen, I'm going to ask you to come forward. So why don't we go ahead and stand today? Is there anybody here this morning that says, I need to know who Jesus is for the first time? If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. I need to know who Jesus is. I'm going to give my life to Jesus this morning. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. Come on, anybody in this house here this morning says, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Anybody here? We're not going to close our eyes, bow our heads. Look, if you're going to love God, you're going to love God. So if there's anybody here this morning, just raise your hand real quick and then put it right back down. I want to see it just never given your life to Jesus before, but you want to. I want to invite you. Okay? Maybe a little nervous about doing that. Pastor Mario and Mira are right over here at this red banner. Okay? I'm going to ask you if you just want to give your life to Jesus, and if you want to know what that's like, just to find Pastor Mario and Mira right over here. We pray for you. Okay? But I'm going to pray and say amen. And if you need a word from God, just find somebody up here. Father, we just love you. We thank you. We honor you today. And we bless you because you are good. Holy Spirit, continue to move and work in our church. And God, for every single person here, may you just let our hearts become surrendered right now. Let our hearts become surrendered. If you can, just put your hand over your heart and just say, I want to live surrendered, Jesus. Just tell them. I want to live surrendered. We thank you, Father. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we